Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit falls to Carolina for their fourth straight loss, but they lock up a lottery shot. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scott is the host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Well, Scotty, back to back nights, second half of a back to back result wasn't too much better as the Red Wings fall four to one the Carolina Hurricanes, but it's one of those situations where we're not too beat up about it because we understand where the Red Wings are at right now, right? I mean, Yeah, well, I mean, for a lot of reasons, like losses, this kind of, this loss specifically, I guess, like doesn't hurt. Uh, a is, yeah, the team was kind of decimated. A lot of talent on the injured list. Dylan Larkin did not play in this hockey game. Uh, that's that's tough, tough, tough sell uh, for that against one of the better teams in the NHL already. Again, without a lot of talent, and then w- without your captain, obviously. But um, yeah, and then just like it's the second to last game of the season, and this team is like has really nothing to play for as is, even when healthy. So like, yeah, I I don't think. Too many people are going to be too heartbroken about this loss, and we certainly aren't either. Uh, honestly, I, I think you said it before we started recording. Like three one is honestly, like I, I'm not going to celebrate a loss and be like, oh, close call. But like it really, I mean, that, I don't know. Like that, that's uh, that's uh, dare I say, best case scenario. Is that sad? I listen. This is the type of game the Carolina Carolina Hurricanes play, right? I mean, four to one, all things considered, is pretty low scoring even for Carolina hurricane standards, because of the fact that they play such a suffocating style of hockey to begin with. Obviously that fourth goal was an empty netter. So really you can say three to one, they don't score a lot to begin with right now, especially with their own injuries and they don't let you score a lot. So kind of a three to one final four to one with the empty netter. Right. With this lineup, isn't that bad, but we're not trying to make excuses. It was still a loss and the Red Wings got outplayed but we just want to call to attention the fact and we could have honestly, I think yesterday was just back to back blowouts was super frustrating, but and I mean, with Edvinson having played his final game yesterday and then Dylan Larkin being injured and they're probably just playing it safe. They don't want to exacerbate it. They called up Daniel Reagan who didn't even play because the team was in North Carolina. So he probably didn't make it in time. They played with 11 forwards and seven defensemen. I think Jordan Osterley may have gotten four time in this game. This lineup was decimated the almost entirety of their bottom six was guys who was not on the bottom six like two months ago you had zarnik luff taro hirose um dog chase on and then maybe if i'm recalling correctly jordan osterley getting time on the wing that's five guys out of your bottom six that ahl guys and a defenseman so and then obviously Dylan Larkin being out, Andrew Coppa to step up into the 1C role. It's just hard to really 
get too upset over a loss like this when you take a gander at what the team had to work with, especially, I mean, you go to the defensive side of the puck as well. Obviously, you saw Jake Wallman, Moritz Sider, and I know they were a minus one in this game, but for what it's worth, I thought they were the best players on the ice. Um, it's just hard to really tear this team apart when the talent level is just not there. I mean, this is this is a tank caliber. Not I'm not trying to accuse them of tanking because I don't think that's what this is. They're just really genuinely that banged up. But this is a tank caliber roster right here. A bunch of guys who were AHL guys all season long, now all of a sudden are NHL everydayers because there's no one else to fill those roles. You've lost Michael Rasmussen. You've lost, love him or hate him, Philip Zidino was an everydayer. You know, you've just, you've lost Dylan Larkin. There's just so many guys. I mean, you could even call up Elmer Soderblom because he's hurt. There's just so many guys who are out of the lineup right now. Even Robbie the, Fabry. It's even just, Marco Casper. Marco <laughs> like, Casper. Marco Casper's supposed to be getting minutes. He can't play. Edvinson hit his nine games. He's done. Like it. It's yeah. You you just were were kind of out of luck uh, on this one. This this was never going to be uh, uh never going to be a super winnable hockey game unfortunately um but again 81st game of the season a lot of injuries i don't think anyone's too heartbroken about it but still some stuff to take away from it for sure well what's kind of insane is even despite all that your fourth line which is comprised entirely of ahl players I thought was your best line out there. Granted, they only played seven minutes and 36 seconds of time on the ice, and they were playing against the, in the most sheltered minutes against the weakest uh, uh, line that Carolina Hurricanes had to offer, which is still much better than your fourth line. Chase on Zarnik and Taro Hirose still produced a expected goals four percentage of 95% and an over 50% Corsi four percentage in this game. As I continue to be on my, you know, you're on, on the Chase on bandwagon because of how lethal he's been on the power play. But every single time I see Austin Zarnick out there on the ice, you want to talk about a guy you love to call people the dog. That's a dog. Zarnick has the dog in him. He does. That's a he's dog. He's got the hustle. He's got the heart and he's in the right place at the right time. He's making smart plays. I like what I see out of Zarnick pretty much night in and night out, Scotty. But obviously, you know, to what end? Because, it's still not enough because the team right now lacks the middle and top end talent to really take this team and put this right. bucks in the back of the net. Yeah. He's, he, he's, yeah, he's looking solid on the fourth line against the opponent's fourth line for about eight minutes a night. So like, you know, it's, it's not a, not a performance that's going to single-handedly, I don't know, like change the outcome of too many games over 82, but Still, very much credit where credit is due. I, I agree with you. He he uh, he has looked good. And when we look at when we pull up those advanced numbers, pretty much every time he plays, he's toward the top. And again, far less minutes than a lot of other dudes, but he's can pretty co consistently toward the top and like expected goals for percentage and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, shot to Zarnik definitely. And and we talked about it going into this season, man. Like this was a a like Iserman signed a lot of a lot more AHL level like depth pieces this season either re-signed or brought in externally a lot of pieces like that from uh to raise the depth so that if they did have you know somebody go down that that a lot of the dudes that are playing in this game are like 
the third, fourth, even sixth or seventh option to get called up. And that's just, again, a testament to how banged up they are when like the entire bottom six, as you mentioned earlier, is pretty much dudes that if everything was going right, would not only not be in the NHL, but wouldn't even be like the first to get a call in the AHL. Yeah, absolutely. It's not even close. Um, I also guess I want to give a shout out to, it's really hard to even give out shout outs considering just how little the team produced offensively, but I, I thought the Pew Suter line was good too. I mean, that was your second line going out there against a tough are second still, line. Are we still feeling a re-signed Pew I am. movement? I, I'm on the still? Pew. He, he has been the second half of this year. He's been the solid Pew Suter that we saw last year. Yeah, I know his, I know his production is down, um, but like he, you don't, he's not a production type player anyways. Um, defensively, oh, he's been really good. About a bottom, and and when I say I he's know, been, on a really good team, yeah, he'd like be. You know player. how, right? You know how good. Like if he was a fourth liner for your hockey team, that would be a great sign for the depth and the talent in the top three lines for your hockey team. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I, and you know, defensively, he's brought a lot to the table as well. Aside from the the production spike in the second half, so. Yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still right there with you. Yeah, so those are nice kudos, but again, it just wasn't enough, and I wouldn't expect it to really be enough. I don't think the team didn't try. I don't think that's yeah, what happened. No, of course not. I saw opportunities. It was kind of like the game against not to, quite to that egregious of an extent, but they had opportunities in the slot. David Perron had like three or four opportunities to bury it, and he couldn't. He did get pick up a secondary assist though on the Robert Haig goal as Robert Haig just kind of slid his way into the right spot. Respect Robert Haig. <laughs> respect Robert Haig. One uh, of these days, y'all are going to respect Robert Haig, baby. The only I mean, goal scorer in this ballgame. Some pretty – I mean, the goals against in this game, I don't know. It, it's – it was one of those situations, again, where there were pucks I thought Nadelkovic should have saved – but at the same time, when the defense in front of you is just so piss poor night in and night out, it's hard to necessarily put all of it on Nadelkovic. And I know I made this argument for Huso yesterday. It's one of those situations where both are true. Nadelkovic had to be better, but like with Huso last night, he wasn't helped out at all by how the team played defense in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that's that's the reoccurring problem overall. But sure is. All right, Scotty, we need to go to a quick break. When we come back, we will, I don't know, we can talk more about the game if you want. I, I'm fine if we want to even talk about broader stuff, implications of these games on you know draft standings, whatnot. Maybe even talk a little Amadeus Lombardi. Uh, there's a lot to go over, and there's a lot to gloss over with this Red Wings game as well. But first, I got to talk to you guys about the Game Time app. If you guys are sick and tired of all of the fees trying to buy a ticket. I know I am trying to pick up tickets to a wings game, to a tigers game, especially a tigers game right now. You see a ticket for like $25. You think that's a steal. You go to check out all of a sudden it's $75 after like the three or four service fees that some applications use. I tell you, you got to switch over and head over to game time. <clears throat> game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and 
of course, hockey. The game time guarantee means you'll get away, you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scott, have you got anything else that you even want to say about this game? I mean, one segment in, and I'm kind of just like ready to move on from it as like, you know, I, I, there, there really isn't a ton of news and notes from it um i i do think it's well that's not even really involving the game i was going to bring up edvinson he yeah, got go sent down before the game uh which all but confirming what we have already known for a long time that uh the team will not play him for two random games at the end of the season to break his <laughs> uh, like rookie contract status. So he will end uh, the season. He will end it down in technically in Grand Rapids, and he will not play the last game of the year for the Red Wings. But still really cool to see him get called up. And uh, I think it was really good for him, and I think he looks pretty good overall if you want to kind of talk broader on Edvinson's yeah. first stint at the NHL level. Yeah, I think he looked confident. Obviously, there were still some rookie mistakes here and there. You saw a missed assignment in the game against uh, the Stars where he didn't yeah. he didn't pick up on his guy right away, was a half second behind, and just boom, was uh, was burned, and they scored a goal on him. And, you know, we saw things like that every once in a while, but the thing that stood out with me is just the confidence. Like, he didn't look scared, and I think that is what's going to carry him to success at this level is once he shores up, like once he – once he learns how risk management I talked about in the past, once he learns risk management and like understands that players at the NHL level are going to be able to beat him if he's not careful, he's going to be phenomenal because you could already see him stepping up offensively into a play. And you people have been talking about him and saying he doesn't have the same offensive upside as say more cider does. And we, I've even said it on this podcast and to an extent, I think that is still true, but he does have an offensive upside because of that insane reach that he has. He can just kind of skate through the neutral zone and protect the puck just by the sheer length of his body and his stick. And you see it, him jumping up into the play, creating a, a late man, a third man in, creating another passing option. And then, of course, defensively with that, again, insane length and size and just allows him extra leeway and gap control. I think he's going to get away with a lot just because of his sheer size and then his fundamentals are sound as well. It just comes down to risk assessment with him. I think once he learns how to assess what's worth stepping up into at the NHL level, he's going to be a killer top four defenseman, if not a top pairing caliber defenseman at the NHL level. I was impressed with him. He, You could see it from the preseason to when he got called up at the end of the season. He had grown tremendously, and I expect nothing but more growth this next off season. And hopefully he contends for the Calder next season. I, that hopefully that's not too much of a reach to ask for out of him after just nine games, at the NHL level level, but he did not look out of place. He looked like an NHL defenseman. He just made a couple mistakes here and there, but that's what you would expect out of a, what a 20 year old. <laughs> He's young as hell. Yeah, no, I, I think you really hit the nail nail on the head there. When you compared this stint to the preseason right like I, I remember 
you and I coming on here and talking about preseason games and, and talking about just how kind of lost and like overwhelmed and like how the moment just seemed like way too big for him in that preseason stint and how he, he didn't even make it really super far into the preseason. They had kind of made up their mind after only a few games for that reason. And, uh, and he had a phenomenal season down in, in, in Grand Rapids and, uh, you know, it's I, – I agree with all those sentiments. Like, that, that is really the biggest thing for, for me, too, is just he didn't look out of place like he did in the preseason. He didn't look like it was uh, kind of like scrambled, uh, scatterbrained, kind of trying to go all over the place. Like, he, he really did look sharp, and I, I think not risk management's a good way to put it because it, it, it's also a lot of – like, he, he – very I feel like kind of weirdly under the radar took a lot of penalties and so I I think that that's something that uh again with not only the risk assessment but just like hockey IQ stuff and I'm not trying to say he's like not a smart hockey player he's clearly a very smart hockey player but um there there's still just some some mistakes that obviously he needs to iron out in that regard which I, I think is kind of all part of the same family for sure but uh, but no, he. I, I was really impressed, and and I agree with you. The the intangibles that were on display should make everybody excited, no matter the you know the the mental lapses that happen sometimes. That 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 gets pushed to the wayside when you see like the the intangible moments, like that. Okay, there's only a few guys like around that are making that kind of play, and just his mobility and his skating and his puck control as a huge defenseman, like. It's he, he really did impress, and I think he's given a lot of people a lot to be excited for next year. And you know, we'll we'll have plenty of conversations in the off season, but um, it's it's fun to kind of have. I don't know, like when when you're talking about additions that this team needs to make in the off season to kind of be able to pencil in, like okay, maybe. They don't need need as many defensemen as we thought. Like we can knock knock a knock a defenseman off of the uh, the, the wish list because uh, he'll he'll likely be starting the season at the NHL level if everything goes right. I think that's unless he makes like a huge step back. I think that's pretty much a guarantee, especially get, given who is a free agent and who is currently right, on yeah, the roster. Class, yeah, I mean, obviously he has to compete for a roster spot with other lefties like Jake Wallman and Oli Mata and natural lefty like Ben Chirot, but Ben Chirot can slide over to the right side. I think there's a spot for him on the defense wide open and it's just his to take. He's just, of course he's got to earn it, but that's, that's where it lies with Simon Edmondson. I thought it was impressive. And I thought you brought up a good point with the penalties too. That that is because of that risk risk assessment, right? He gets caught and because he gets caught, he has to take a penalty. And once he, is better about reading a situation and making the smart choice ahead of time. Those penalties will come back down as well, but he also drew penalties too, because of the fact that he's a little bit of a pest. He's strong in the puck. He's there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to love about Simon Edmondson. I mean, his, this 19 year old kid, 20 year old kid, who's not afraid of backing down from guys who are 10 years older than him with a ton of NHL experience and just like, stepping up to Michael Bunting. It's just, there was so much fun that he, he brought and I'm really excited for him next season as well. Um, we should go to another quick break, but when we come back, 
I want to talk a little bit about draft position and maybe give a quick shout out to Amadeus Lombardi because his season's over. We talked, we touched on it a little bit after the Dallas loss, but he, the coaches poll came out. They talked about it on the Red Wings broadcast. Mickey Redmond thinks he could be in the NHL as soon as next season. We'll talk about that. Stay tuned. Segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. All right, Scotty, uh, let's talk about the Red Wings draft position right now. They have officially, and this happened before the game, so it's not because of the loss to Carolina, but before the game, they have officially locked up a lottery opportunity. They could finish no worse than 11th in the draft, and you can jump up as, as high as 10 spots ahead of where you're currently at. So the draft lottery for first overall ends at 11th. The Red Wings locked up a worst-case scenario of 11th overall. Their best-case scenario right now, and I think I may have mentioned this on yesterday's episode, I can't remember, is 8th overall. Washington Capitals have 79 points. Red Wings have 80. The Capitals win their final game, and the Red Wings lose their final game. Wings will hopscotch them all the way to 80th or 8th overall. So you're going to finish anywhere between 8th and 11th, and that's a huge swing considering there's one game left in the season. Um, but there's a lot of really good talent in that range. I, as exciting as it is also the percentage to jump up to first overall is a huge swing as well. If you finish at 11%, it's 3% or sorry, 11th overall, it's 3%. Eighth overall is 6%. You double your odds from three to six in that span. And of course, Red Wings could rise in the lottery. I believe, let me look at the, before I, I make any definitive statements, the Red Wings could jump up. If the season were to end right now, the Red Wings could pick 10th or fall to 11th or 12th or jump all the way up to two or one. one. If they finish best case scenario of eighth overall, they can finish eighth, ninth, 10th, or first and second. So they can either jump up the first and second or stay pad and drop. So <laughs> knowing their history, they didn't fall last year. They, they, re, they revamped the odds after the Red Wings got screwed in 2020 <laughs> so that you don't get screwed nearly as much. Shout out Lucas Raymond. Shout out Lucas, Lucas Raymond. Shout out the New York Rangers Shout as a bubble team that jumped all the way up to first overall. That was super cool, especially a year after they jumped to second overall and got Capo Caco, which yeah. both players they have done literally zero with, which is just doubles my excitement over the fact that but they the got that back good. to back year. <laughs> So the like, team's good, but like they, how did they? Yeah, either those yeah. players weren't as good as we thought they were, or the Rangers botched their development hardcore. Two straight years of a first and a second overall. I think it was back to back years. The Laffy one's crazy. Like, do you remember his hype? Yeah. Like, and the he hashtag was, like was sh- consensus 1 1. And not only that, he was cons- the consensus 1 1 with like a clear, like top three. Like everybody was, was talking about, you know, him and Byfield and, and whatnot like that was uh that was a consensus top three ahead of the rest of the group and he was the consensus no one one in that top three and he has uh yeah not he's not, been like a bottom six forward yeah he has Rangers. not had the production of uh of that so far that and i'll sure i'll be honest I, I i i this happens a lot in the nhl and Stens i hate it i made out the best yeah they tim stutzel's stutzler's uh, yeah, phenomenal. Well, he then they had the then they have the year, fifth yeah. overall pick that year too, and he's been good. So yeah, yeah, true. I forgot about that. Yeah, they... I remember, man, the Raymond conversation. I I remember being fascinating because 
he just like didn't get ice time and like he had crazy production in his draft year but like there was a and everybody had a like different take on why he wasn't getting ice time and it was like this huge thing and like oh like his coach whatever and like i remember there was like somebody was like trying to figure out if him and the coach were like beefing or something like there was like a huge thing about you know, like he he's had great production, but just hasn't played as much as the guy, the three guys above him. And like, if he did those stats, like prorated to, you know, blah blah blah, like what the other three, the playing time the other three were, then he'd be right up there. And so we were like, screw it, let's let's take that guy then, and it's worked out pretty well. Yes, and it did. I Lucas Raymond, obviously, we've talked about him at length, and we don't need to go back into it. Production wise, this is a down year. He's trying to figure things out. Still, a pretty halfway decent year for a guy who's just turned twenty one years old. So we're not worried about Lucas Raymond. As far as this draft goes, assuming the Red Wings finish at 10th overall, where they're sitting right now, or actually we can just say a range between eighth and 11. There's a plethora of guys, Scotty, as far as position groups. And of course, remind you guys that they have the New York Islanders pick. So they'll probably get somewhere between 13 and 15 as well, depending where the Islanders finish. The question becomes, what position group, first of all, do you even want to target in with your first pick in the NHL draft? Yeah, well, you know, this this draft is... is Assuming they use the pick, too, and don't trade it. Right, yeah, true. The, the This is an interesting draft because it's, it's, at the top, very forward-heavy. Like, you, it, really, throughout the entire first round, to yes. be honest with you. Like, if you, if you take a look at... Pretty much any mock, you're not going to see a ton of defensemen in in there, and especially not in that top ten. You're going to see like hardly any defensemen kind of in that top ten to twelve mate range. Maybe one, like maybe maybe two at the back end of that. So um, I, I think it's a really really easy year to take a, a forward and like something that this team is never going to be upset with taking a forward. And like if, if you take somebody that you think can help center depth great that that would be a cherry on top but like really i i think we're just trying to find as we've said a lot a a goal scoring forward i think that would be probably the the way to go now again if you find your way way higher than you expect if you find yourself at one two then like that's a very focused conversation where one you already know who you're taking two we can do a little bit of a conversation with that, uh, maybe, but I, I think that even that's still relatively straightforward. But at that 8 to 10 range, I think you are going to have a lot of forwards at your disposal, but you're also already going to have potentially six, seven, eight forwards already taken. So, like, it, it's, it's a really unique position to be in where, like, you probably still want to take forward. But, like, there's a chance that only forwards have been taken up until your pick as well. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I, I'm with you. I, I think there's two schools of thought. The Red Wings center depth is still pretty bad in yeah, terms of, like, NHL caliber players. Yeah. But they also need a pure goal scorer. So I would be okay with going with a winger you think is going to, like, legitimately fill the back of the net. Right. So like I, think that for, I think that first pick's got to be a forward. <laughs> and I heard that, by the way. Thankfully... <laughs> Uh, they're like you said, Scotty first round is stacked. Like last year was such a defensive heavy. I wouldn't say defensive, but there was a lot of quality defensemen yeah, yeah. in the first round, like Nemich for an instance. But this year it's like, you'll be lucky to get a defenseman taken in the top 10. 
the first yeah, one like I, is probably there's a genuine. There's a legitimate argument you don't see a defenseman taken yeah. until outside of the top ten. But that also gives the Red Wings a really good opportunity to get the guy that they want. If yeah. they're like, it's just got. I list off a couple. You know, Zachary Benson, Andrew Kristall, Will Smith, not that Will Smith, Edward Sale, uh, Oliver so Moore. Will in sports these there, days, <laughs> there's so many quality forwards and it all comes down to the type of guy that you want like will smith for example you know i don't think as much as he he's taught he's he depending on the draft mock you go with some have him going as like top five some have him going like just top 15 but the qual the he comes from the us ntdp just down the road in plymouth he is considered like the most well-rounded forward so he would be like your second line forward presumably you already drafted that in Marco Casper last year. So would you necessarily go with Will Smith? I, I mean, if he's there, there's a temptation, but I don't think he's your first. You need, like you said, primarily a first goal scorer, but you also want a premier goal scorer, but you also don't pass up on quality forwards. If there's one there, you take the best player available. That's always the rule. right best player available always. But it, it, it's, it's like, I mean, at that range, like there's a legit, reality in which you're faced with do you want to take the player that you think is the best goal scorer on the board do you want to take the player who you think has the best chance of becoming a legitimate center left on the board or do you take the best defenseman in the draft like that that could be your your three-headed monster and like that there's nothing that says the seventh or eighth best like winger or forward or well, I guess forward in general, winger or center, I was going to say, but really just seventh or eighth best forward isn't still a better option than the best defenseman in this specific draft. It's just a really, really unique spot to be in in this draft specifically. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot. There's like three or four guys alone from the I know we're a lot. Well, we're going to do draft previews. Yes, like well, this I mean, is like a preview for plenty, our previews. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a boatload of. Uh, of previews this offseason leading up to the draft. So we'll have no shortage of coverage on all of the the opportunities, especially, again, like it's worth noting, like potentially two picks in the top, whatever, 15-ish. So like that, that again, like does that change your your mindset at all? Like I, it, it's, uh, it, it's the potential I, for a lot of fireworks. I like, listen, with the, with the, it, the mindset of needing a, a sniper, a guy who could fill the back of the night. I really like Ryan Leonard out of the US and TDP. Yeah. God, that's going to, I'm, I'm really going to struggle with that guys appear. Like that's his whole thing is he's a, he's a, he's got a mix of skill and shot like or speed and shot. He's got an incredible shot. So I'd be really excited if the Red Wings got him with the probably get him with their second pick just, but like there, who knows? Let's it's just so win the lottery. Weird. How about let's that? Just let's just get Connor Bedard. Let's like, just get Bedard, dude. What are we talking year. about? Let's get a top two. Let's get Ventilli or Bedard, and we'll just mm. call it a day, man. Um, we kind of running out of time here, Scotty, because we we dawdled for too long. So maybe we'll save the Amadeus Lombardi talk for tomorrow. Um, give, him a, give him a little bit of a spotlight. Yes, and we're also going to talk tomorrow about one hundred point players. Does the Red Wing, do the Red Wings currently have one a potential hundred point player on their roster? in the pipeline, or do they not have it at all? So that and Amadeus Lombardi on tomorrow's episode. But let's finish this off, Scotty, with a tankathon spin. Uh, there it is. All right. Are you going to keep tra- track of how many times I hit this? I don't want to keep track. I can't see, but like, sure. Okay, there you go. Yeah, oh, sure. Did it just pop up for you? It's been up for me. Yeah, it did. All right. 
Okay. Let me zoom in. Go. Fell. Stayed pat. Stayed pat. Ten. 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 Two. That's close. It's not winning, though. <laughs> Ten. Are you keeping track? Yeah. Fell. Ten. Ten. Oh, this isn't going good. Okay, now I, I lost track. I was responding to what you were saying and lost track. How many were we at before you lost track? Double digits already. Well, this is good. All right. No, well, I'm just going to spam it until we get it. Yeah, I mean. Just like the real lottery. They rig it behind the scenes. They should do that. They should just rig it. I mean, it's the it's hockey town. Like, it would be... It would objectively be beneficial you know. for the NHL if we got Bedard. Let's be honest. It would. I mean, there's a pretty big consensus that of the lottery teams, us and like Washington would be the quickest to contend if we got Connor Bedard, which makes sense because we're the teams with the most talent right now. Yeah, speaking of Washington, jumped up all the way to one. This is. Insane. Am I going to get it? I don't think this is possible. Oh come on! This is killing me. Anyone who's not watching on YouTube is so incredibly bored right now. I <laughs> can't see what <laughs> we're talking about. Even the people about. that are watching on YouTube are incredibly bored Oh, that was right two. Now. That was two again. Two in the row, that was two. We just need to get oh, to one. So Come exciting. on, dude. Well, that one was perfect. Um, Last time I threatened to tell a story, and right when I did that, we won it. Uh, why don't you talk about how Matt Manning fractured his foot on his final throw? Yeah, isn't that? It, it wasn't. It was literally a comebacker on the last out of his outing. And yeah, he got spiked in the foot by a liner. And is he this... like ran to first base and finished the play. Is this going to make me give up? I'm like getting close to just being like, tonight's not our night. <laughs> I, well, I'm, you know, I'm telling you, it's like not really. It's insanely low odds. Like, I feel like I've seen everyone else jump up to one except for the Red Wings at this point. At this point, we're in too deep. That's what she said. What story was I going to tell the other day? I don't know. I feel like it was a... Oh, there we go. Hey. We got it, guys. We got Counter Bedard. Look at that. First try, too. (laughs) Yeah, first try. I'm going to cut everything else out. All right. We're at 34 minutes. We wasted a ton of time spinning on the tankathon. Any final thoughts, buddy? Nice job, oh, just stupid <laughs> piece of crap. Hit my table. You deserve all the pain. Wow. Okay. Goodness. <laughs> all right. That's crazy. Any final thoughts, dude? We ball. We ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. To your team. Every day. Every day.